Welcome traders and friends. I'm Elisa Levinson and this is Are You Green? A review of the New York Stock Exchange with top news, top movers, and insights into my personal swing trading. Today is Wednesday, January 27th, and this morning I was beyond frustrated. There was so much volume this morning, and this high volume created issues across multiple brokerage platforms. I have a couple platforms I use. I use Thinkorswim, Robinhood, and Weeble, but primarily Thinkorswim, and this morning I almost threw it across the room since I really depend on trading right off the open and none of my orders would go through. It kept on asking me to log out and log back in. It kept on giving me that like spinning wheel of death. So it was really frustrating, but we'll get into my personal trades in a bit. The S&P 500 previous close was 383.79 and it closed today at 374.41. The XLK technology sector previous close was 134 and today it closed at 131.50. So both the S&P 500 and the technology sector were red today. The S&P 500 was actually red across all sectors today. And now the question everybody wants to know, are you green on my personal accounts? No, I'm not, I am red, but that's okay. This market correction was actually expected and a breather is not a bad thing. Major US stock indexes all posted the biggest one day percentage drops since October 28th, but do not panic sell. You have to remember that these ebbs and flows are just natural to the market. If you're concerned, you should zoom out on your charts and look at the bigger picture and of course follow your own trading plan. You can also see this as an opportunity to buy and we'll cover what I bought later on in the show. Coming up, we have an update from the Federal Reserve Chair Powell. I have my buy slash sell pick for Redfin versus Zillow. And since everyone is talking about GameStop, I thought I would break it down and explain what a short squeeze actually is, since I know that this phrase has been mentioned a lot talking about what's happening with GameStop. And we'll also look at how to find the next short squeeze without Reddit. <laughs> then we'll look at earnings, top market movers, and my personal swing trading with a small sell, a couple of ads, and two new swing trades. So stay tuned. Today we got an update from the Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell. He was very honest that there is still a lot of uncertainty ahead for our economy this year, but he reinforced that there is nothing more important to the economy than getting vaccines out. That's what I've been saying, guys. He reiterated that we have not won this yet, but he did have some positive notes about how the banking system is doing well, and lots of businesses have adapted during this pandemic. But then he also mentioned that some businesses just have limited opportunities like restaurants, hospitality, and travel. But he feels very confident about the tools that they have put in place. So we'll just continue to track what's happening on the fiscal side as we might have more stimulus coming. Yesterday, I talked about a new little segment of pinning a couple of competitors against each other for a buy slash sell selection. And I'll choose which competitor I would buy and which competitor I would sell. So we've got Redfin versus Zillow. Redfin 
The ticker is RDFN. It's down over 6% today and down 4.8% this past week. Then we have Zillow, ticker is ZG. It's also down 6% today, but it's down 14% this past week. When we zoom out and look at the situation, the housing market is heating up. The S&P Home Builders ETF is up 9% year to date, and we're seeing more demand for actual housing and less demand for apartments. That ETF, by the way, trades under XHB, so if you're looking for a long-term investment, that might be a good choice, since it looks like this trend is here to stay. On Redfin, they said that active listings are already down 34% this year, since January and February is normally a popular time to sell houses, but they are actually just showing higher demand to buy and a very specific movement, as I mentioned, of people wanting to move out of cities, move out of apartments, and buy larger houses. On this matchup, I would actually sell Zillow and buy Redfin. There's a couple of reasons. The first is the growth possibilities. I think that Zillow would have been a great buy a few years ago, but it's really maxed out on a huge growth potential at this point. The growth is already priced in. It's also a more expensive stock. So I think Redfin has a longer runway and therefore would be a better growth buy for me. Another big distinction is that Redfin is an actual brokerage as opposed to Zillow, which is really just a listing site. So Redfin not only has a larger opportunity for revenue, but they are disrupting that brokerage business and making it to where people can buy houses 100% online, which is great. Now let's move into the top movers because we've got a lot to talk about here. The gainers today that I wanna mention have one thing in common, and that's a short squeeze. So we have AMC that's up 300% today, GameStop, GME, up 134% today, and Bed Bath & Beyond up 43%. So let's back up and talk about what a short squeeze is since I'm sure you guys are hearing that mentioned a lot and no one's really going into the details. So what's happening here in the stock market, you have buyers and sellers. For those of you who listen to the podcast, you know that I only buy long. So that means that I buy a price when it's low, expecting it to go higher, and then I sell when it gets there. Just like you can buy a stock long, expecting it to go higher, you can also work the market the opposite way. So if you see a stock that is up high and you think it's gonna go down lower, you can borrow that stock and short it, which basically means you're selling it, and then you can buy it when it reaches that lower price and take the profit differentiation. So just like if you buy a stock and it continues to go lower and lower and it breaks below your plan, at some point you would probably stop out. So you would just sell it at that lower price and then you would take your loss, right? So similar process with shorts. If you have a short position and it doesn't go as you planned, since again, you should be planning all scenarios with your trades. So yeah, so it's not going the way that you planned. The price keeps on going up and up and up. And unlike longs and buying, where there's at least some type of stop, since a stock doesn't just go to zero, with shorting, the price has a much longer runway. Theoretically, there's an infinite amount of risk shorting. This makes shorting very risky. 
a lot of times there's also interest that you're paying to borrow these shares from your brokerage so that you can short in the first place. So what happens, a stock goes up, people place shorts against it, expecting it to go down. Then the price goes higher, they feel like they need to get out, right? Just like you would stop out of a price going lower if you don't feel like it's gonna turn around. Since this is a short position, getting out of this is buying. So what happens when they buy is they actually drive the price even higher. Since now you have lots of people who have shorts that are stopping out on the short and they are buying. And that price then just continues to climb. And this cycle continues because then as it climbs, other people that are holding shorts maybe at other levels are starting to be concerned about their holdings. So they close their position, they buy, and then the price continues up. This process is called a short squeeze. Since more and more people holding short positions are squeezed out of their positions, which causes the price to go up and up and up, and then more squeezing occurs as it goes. Depending on the situation, this might take time or it might happen in one day. Often you'll see a few days of rounds of these short squeezes. An interesting element that we have seen recently is this Main Street versus Wall Street mentality. As the number of individual investors has grown, they can play off this squeeze by continuing to buy, knowing that the majority of the people squeezing are hedge funds that have these ginormous shorts in. And this is what we've seen with GameStop. On Reddit, there is a stream, I think that's what you call it, a stream, a page. Honestly, I'm not sure, I, I don't look at Reddit, but it's called Wall Street Bets. And this Reddit trading group basically came together to initiate this squeeze to happen as fast as possible. So this caused multiple hedge funds to stop out and lose billions of dollars which is pretty powerful if you think about it because these in individual investors are coming together with a strategy and squeezing the hedge funds out. I know that we're still in this situation with GameStop, but just know that this in general is going to cause a lot of hedge funds to rethink how they approach their long and short investment strategies. So I'm not sure where the future will be with short squeezes. That being said, a few people have asked me how can you see a squeeze coming, especially if you're not on one of those trade groups or you don't pay attention to Reddit. So first you wanna find out what stock is trading a large amount of short positions. A lot of people just assume that this information is hard to find or not accessible to individual investors, but that's what I love about the stock market. It's all public. You can definitely see this information on your trading platform, but I love to use a website called Finviz. It's F-I-N-V-I-Z.com. This is just a really quick website to look up stock quotes and heat maps and other awesome financial information about the stock market. So when you look up a, a stock, whether you're looking it up on Finviz or your trading platform, you're gonna wanna pay attention to the float. Yes, float, F-L-O-A-T. I thought it was a strange word when I first heard it, but basically a float tells us how many shares are available to trade on the market. And then the short float is the percentage of that float that is holding in a short position. A stock that has a short float that is 30% and up is generally considered high and it might be headed towards a short squeeze. 
the way that I find these is by keeping an eye on the top gainers. That's one of the reasons why I talk about top gainers and losers every day because those tickers can be really great opportunities. So let's look at the top gainers today and what their short float percentage is. We have AMC. The short float percentage is 36.58, so it's definitely above that 30%, and we could see a short squeeze coming with this, if not today, this next week. And then we have GameStop. Their short float is at 140%. Okay, you might be wondering, how is that even possible? How can it be at 140% if the short float is just the amount of float that is in a short position? So can't it just reach 100%? How is it possible that it goes over? This is possible because of how shorts work in the first place. Remember how I mentioned in the beginning that when you're shorting something, you're actually borrowing it, selling it, and then placing the buy when you're closing your position and then you take the difference. So when you do these shorts, you do have to borrow from a brokerage. And what's happening here is that it's very easy for the brokerages to allow you to borrow out more than they have, which again can create this very high short float situation. But we have a couple of other tickers that are also approaching a squeeze. We have Bed Bath & Beyond with their short float at 66.85% and FUBU with a 65% short float. And the last one I want to mention is Virgin Galactic, that's SPCE. Their short float is 31%. So if you are interested in playing these squeezes, I would definitely make sure that you are looking up what the float percentage is, but also keep in mind that this can be a risky strategy since you are basically betting against the masses and the financial advisors who are specifically saying that this stock is going to fall. But the excitement around GameStop caused so many people to buy today. The volume was huge. And meanwhile, we're still in the middle of earnings. So it's been an exciting week for the stock market. Earnings today included AMD and Boeing. AMD beat their earnings, but the stock still took a beating, which was surprising. AMD reported adjusted earnings of 52 cents per share versus the expectation of 47 cents per share. So they beat that. And then the revenue expectation was 3.03 billion and they reported 3.24 billion. So this gave me a good opportunity to buy along here and I'll talk about that later. And then Boeing's earnings shocked many shareholders. This aerospace giant reported a net loss of $11.9 That's the largest loss that they've ever reported. And today at the close of the market, we get the earnings from Apple, Tesla, and Facebook. So just like I looked at the earnings yesterday and I watched them off the open today, which by the way, I did go ahead and buy Starbucks off of that, the same is going to be true for Apple, Tesla, and Facebook. Let's go back to our top movers and just look at a few losers today. We had L Brands that trades under LB down 12.7% and other retail followed such as Dillard's and Gap are both down today. And then Plug, P-L-U-G is down 11.9%. But across the board, we did have a lot of red today, but again, these small pullbacks are normal, so please do not panic sell. And speaking of selling, let's go into my personal trades. 
I did sell a small piece of Cody, that's C-O-T-Y. My average is 623 and I just sold a small piece for seven. It's not that much of a gain, but I do have a larger amount of shares on this since it's such a low price per share. So the gains do add up and I have other sell levels for another one point gain. But it's important to remember that I went into this trade expecting this low gain. So this was all a part of the trading plan. So this smaller gain does average out compared to the other tickers that I trade that might have a more expensive per share price. I might make more on the swing per share, but I'm holding less. Then I went ahead and added to my GM swing. I added a little bit at 49.24. My new average is 51.95. And then we have Twilo. I mentioned this trade yesterday. That's T-W-L-O. I added today at 333.18 and it's already bounced up from that at 337.77, but my average is still 343.98, but I feel confident that it will bounce back even if it takes a couple weeks. And then I started a couple of new swings. One was with AMD because of that drop off the open after their earnings report. There was a quarterly pivot at 87.49. There's been so many times, especially with AMD, that I have just barely missed a trade. So I wanted to make sure that I didn't miss it. So I did buy it a little bit before the pivot at 88. I already had a small sale of this today at 90 for two points but my other targets are 92.80 and then 96. And then I entered into a swing trade with Starbucks. Again, this was a drop off the open because of earnings yesterday. My average is a little bit higher than I would like. It's 99.75, and I know it got down to like 90, to the 97s today, but my target is 104, and I have no problem holding this one. Tomorrow should be another exciting day for earnings. We've got 91 reporting before the open and 66 reporting after the close. Most notably, we've got McDonald's, MCD before the open, American Airlines, AAL, McCormick, MKC, MasterCard, MA, Southwest, LUV. I'm gonna be watching Sherwin-Williams as well. That's SHW. And then after the market tomorrow, we've got Visa reporting. They just trade under V. Atlassian, I'm gonna have my eyes on them. They trade under T-E-A-M. So those are just a few that I'm gonna be watching tomorrow. I hope you are too. Always remember to plan your trade and trade your plan.